Take your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 11. I have been uh, in love with this passage. Uh, it's such an inspiration uh, to see faith in action. Faith is, faith can be confusing. You know, it's like faith, the, the Bible talks about faith is the grain of mustard seed. You can move mountains. And you're like, I've got faith. And it's like, but I can't even move a pebble. You know, it's like, whether well, I'm a mountain, that's like, what, what am I doing wrong? And so the Bible teaches us a lot about faith. And so Hebrews 11 not only teaches us about faith, but it gives illustration after illustration of saying, let me, let me act it out in front of you. Let me tell you a story about David. Let me tell you a story about Daniel. Let me tell you a story about Abraham. And so we learn so much from this. And so I just, I want, I want you to see that faith at the beginning of it is pretty simple. I, I think sometimes we miss the first step of it. We go straight into trying to move mountains. And God says, well, wait a minute. Do you understand the basic concepts of faith and how this works? Uh, it was a couple of Christmases, a few Christmases ago, that uh, Jordan, Logan, and Morgan got together and w- really spoiled me and bought me a, a, a huge um, Christmas gift. They, they went out and bought me the whole set of the Ego brand uh, the, uh, of uh, the lawnmower set. So they bought me the, the battery-operated lawnmower. They bought me the battery-operated weed eater and the battery-operated backpack blower. And honestly, I opened it up because I saw them in the store and stuff like that. I opened it up. I was like, oh, yay. Like, oh, boy, I've got toys. You know, I, I'm the type that, you know, I had gas lawnmower and the, you know, the big tires. And I got always the, the big Husky brand uh, or motor and all this, uh, you know, or the Honda motor. And I, you know, I was just big on the power of it. You know, I'm thinking... I don't want a battery-operated toy. I, I've got to cut the grass. I don't want to go out there and cut a third of it and then have to wait for batteries to charge and things like that. So I was just really, oh, thank you guys. Like, oh, great. You know, how do I get through this one without offending them or whatever? And so this was at Christmas, so obviously I couldn't use it. And so the time goes by. <clears throat> summer comes. I have all my batteries charged. And they bought me three batteries. I had three batteries to do all three of the, the pieces and uh, I got out there the first time. I cut all the grass, I did all the weed eating, and I did all the blowing with just one battery. And I'm like, that was actually pretty sweet. I didn't bust my back, you know, trying to start it. I didn't have oil. I didn't have gas. I didn't have to do all the crazy things that you normally have to do. And I was pretty pumped about it. <clears throat> a couple years goes by, in this past summer, I um, needed a new blade. And so I got on Amazon and I ordered a new blade and it says fits all, you know, Ego brands and all that other stuff. So I was like, oh, that's great. So I bought it, put it on, and I knew the lawnmower wasn't running as well as it was. And I thought it was the blade. And then I, every time I go push that button, it would, the yellow light that was a caution light would flash and it wouldn't start. I'm like, oh, this stinks. So I, I'd lean it back trying to do something different. And then I push it and then I wiggle a little bit and push it and then... I'd walk away and come back and push it, and then finally it'd start. And then I'd stop to, you know, empty the bag or move stuff around in the yard, and I'd go, and then I'd have to do this whole process again. And I'm like, this is not easy. This is not convenient. You know, I was like, I was cool at first. I was all chill. And then eventually I'm like kicking the lawnmower. You're like, you're, you're a piece of junk. I'm like, I'm irritated. I'm frustrated. I'm thinking all I want to do is cut the grass. You know, I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to jump through hoops out here trying to have some sort of fancy whatever. I said, I just want to cut the grass. And I remember walking in the house and sitting down and Jenny says, what's wrong? And I said, I can't even get the thing to work. I'm, I'm so frustrated with this. 
So finally, I started YouTubing it, you know, like, why would, why would the yellow light flash and all this other stuff? And they said it happens if it's ever out of balance. So I ended up going and, and, and looking at it, and I saw the reviews that sometimes the blade that I bought was not from Ego, and it would throw the balance of the, the weight of it off. And so I got another Ego one and put it on there, and instantly it just worked great. It worked! Here's what I discovered. A lot of times... When things that you feel like should work in life and they don't work, it's just simply because you're not doing it right. It's not working because you're not doing it right. You're missing something. But we get so frustrated in life. We get so aggravated. Like, even I'm talking about the Christian life. It's like, God, everything's a struggle. And finding time for family and time fine for kids and trying to keep up with everything. It's just so hard. This is such a frustrating thing. It's so aggravating. It's just like, God, why doesn't this work? And I think it all comes down to living by faith. And you say, faith, <clears throat> let me explain this. So in this passage right here, it explains what faith is. And I'm talking about the basics of faith. Uh, and just, the, 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 just the very beginning of how this works. And like I said, someday I'm going to preach a whole series on this, but I want to start with this. Hebrews 11.1. 1. Now faith is. You want to know what it is? We're going to lay it out. From the very beginning of the chapter of faith, it just starts out and says, now faith is, and it's going to explain what faith is from then on out. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Let me put it like this. Now, faith is confidence and trust in God, even when you can't see what's going to happen. That's what faith is. Faith is moving forward, trusting, confidence. It's the substance of things hoped for, but it's the evidence of what I can see. So let me give you an illustration that we could all understand. Peter's in the boat. Jesus is walking on the water. <clears throat> Peter says, Lord, bid me to come out on the water. Jesus said, come out. Am I going to sink? Can people walk on water? Is this even possible? But he said, come. So faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of what I can see. Now, we love telling those stories. Do we not? Everybody is like, Peter's to walk on water. Let me tell the kids about Peter walking on water. Let me tell you what faith is. But faith is more than a feeling. It's more than Peter standing in the boat going, Oh, faith is wonderful, and I am a man of faith, and God is wonderful by faith. God says, get out of the boat. God, I believe that you can. <clears throat> get out of the boat. Faith is an action. I think at the very beginning of it, where we want so much to experience faith, but we skip out on doing what God said. This is how it works. It's not just a feeling. It's not just a song lyric. It's not just a fuzzy emotion that we have. It's moving forward. Faith is stepping into the Jordan River before the water splits. Faith is Abraham giving Isaac on the altar when it was his only child. Faith is the widow giving her last two coins when she had nothing left to give. We, we, we want faith to be like, God, load me up and bless me, bless me, bless me, and then I'll give of my blessings. And God says, no, you give when there's nothing coming left. It's the evidence of things hoped for, but, the, 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 but not knowing what's going to come next. It's faith. It's living it. It's taking steps. But in this passage, Hebrews 11, we get so much inspiration. We love telling the stories. Every one of these stories we teach to our kids. Every one of these stories, we're like, well, let me tell you about so-and-so. 
Well, what did they do that, that made them so special? The Bible even says in verse 2, for by it, for by faith, the elders received or obtained a good report. They, they didn't just have it, they lived it. They took the steps of great faith. By it, by faith, the elders obtained a good report. They made a difference. Faith is vital to our lives. It's, it's, it works. And we wonder why life isn't working when it comes to our, our kids. It's like, man, this is so frustrating. It's like, are you living by faith? When it comes to our finances, when it comes to marriage. Let me show you how important this is. Verse 6. For without faith, let me just put it. You just say, I'm going to go through life and I'm not going to do these basic principles. It is impossible to please him. Not difficult, not complicated, not, not, not just slow. He just lays it out. He said, let me just put it like this. If you don't do what I'm about to teach you to do, it is absolutely impossible to please God. It's just literally saying it's, it's not going to work. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is. No, okay, he is what? He is what? You must believe that he is and that he is the rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Think about what he's saying. If we're not pleasing God by faith, you are not receiving the reward, the blessings, the fulfillments, the provision that God has to follow. We say things like, as Christians, like life just doesn't work. Let me just stop you for a minute. Are you doing it God's way? I, I think for the, 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 maybe we're like me, where you, you just get a blade off Amazon and it says that it works and we're doing it man's way. And then the manufacturer comes and says, that's never going to work that way. You've got to do it my way or it's not going to work. So what does it really mean? I told you all, I want to give you the basic principles. When I was in college, um, you, you had to take English. It didn't matter what major you took. Uh, when in my Bible college, we had to take English. And uh, English was English 101. It's where everybody started. Now, if you got into English 101, it meant that you understood the basics. If you didn't understand the basics, you had to go back and take English 99. You got no credit for it. But we, there was a name for it. It was called bonehead English. It was like, you just, you don't even know what a verb and adjective are. I mean, you're starting at the very beginning. So they would take you back and basically do a re, re, uh, review of everything you should have learned in high school. Let me tell you, the principle that I'm going to teach you right now is literally, this is like faith 99. Before we get into like, let's faith, let's move mountains. Let's, let's start with just the, the basic, basic, basics of faith. Here's the stories we learn well. Verse 7. By faith Noah, being warned of God of things not seen. Remember, faith is moving forward when you don't understand, you can't see it. Moved with fear. Prepared an ark when it didn't even rain. That's faith. He did what God said to do, even though he didn't know what was going to happen. How about verse 8? Another story that we know well. By faith, Abraham, when he was called out to a place where he should, after he received an inheritance, obeyed, and he went out not knowing whither he went. He, he went out and followed God, and he said, I don't even know where I'm going, but I'm going to step out of faith and go. He said, do you know where you're doing? No, I don't know, but I'm following God. Faith is in action. Verse 21, by faith, Jacob. Tells the story. Verse 22, by faith Joseph. Tells the story. Verse 23, by faith Moses. At the end of it, by faith David, Samson, Gideon, Rahab. By faith, all of these people. By faith. I love these stories. Till we get to verse 4. By faith Abel. Okay. How'd that dude make it in there? You know what I'm saying? I'm like, Daniel, I get 
prayed three times a day in the midst of all the opposition, down on his knees, praising God, goes out. They arrest him. They say, you've got to deny your God and stop praying. I'm not going to do it. Thrown in the lion's den. Slept with the lions that night. He was unhurt. Whatsoever came out, the Lord, he is God. That's a story I want to tell to my kids. Man, that's a story of faith in the power of God. But the story of Abel, does anybody ever do that in an action book whatsoever where you come out and say, let me tell you about a man named Abel. What did he do? He took a lamb and he laid it on the altar and then his brother killed him. (laughs) That's the whole story. And yet, the action chapter of Hebrews 11 starts with Abel. By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by it he being dead yet speaketh. And I, I, I know that there's different theories about this. Some people believe that uh, Cain's offering was rejected because it wasn't a blood sacrifice. That the, the, the blood sacrifice wasn't even a thing. I know we have Adam and Eve and God killed the lamb and covered their sin. But it wasn't until later that God commanded that. Even in the Bible, the Bible talks about them giving of the offering and the fruit of the ground. It says in Exodus 23, 19, for the, first of the fir- uh, for the first of the first fruits of the land thou shalt bring into the house of the Lord thy God. So, so it wasn't wrong for Cain to bring what he had because he was just offering to God of what he had. So some people say it was because he didn't sacrifice an animal. <clears throat> that wasn't the case. It was, it was about demonstrating faith. That's what this whole thing was about. You know, it's such a basic principle. The Bible starts off. It's like in the beginning, God created Adam and Eve. In the beginning, God created Adam and Eve and they had a family. It was Cain and Abel. First story that we read in the Bible was this whole conflict that they have. And it was all about faith. The foundation, the very beginning, God establishing something that God must be first. So let me explain. Living by faith simply means that God must come first in everything. God must come first in everything. This was the lesson that we learn in this story. This is the lesson that we learn in every story in the Bible. Sometimes we miss the point of the story. But let me take you back to Genesis because I want to spell this out for you. I, I want you to see it for yourself. In Genesis chapter 4 verse 2, and she, began, and she again bare his brother Abel. And Abel was a keeper of the sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. In the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground, just brought of the fruit, and offered it unto the Lord. And Abel also, and he also brought of what? Of the firstlings of his flock. God came first, and the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and his offering. See, the, the whole principle that it was is, I have an abundance, and I'll take some of that and I'll give it to God. But the difference was, was Cain had a baby lamb and he took it and says, I don't know if I'll ever have more, but God comes first. So therefore, I'll come and I'll sacrifice that unto God because God must come first. This is a principle that's all through the Bible, but sometimes we miss it. It is so basic. I remember learning this when I was a kid. My dad did construction. My dad would teach me how to work with my hands and how to use tools. So when we were little and we would uh, have Saturdays off, my dad would take us to work with him. 
My dad can, did construction. He would do vinyl siding on houses and gutter work, and he'd do a bunch of things like that. And then he would take us, and we would clean up the job and be the runners and things like that. So my dad would pay us. And, and, and the way that he would get his checks is he would go to the bank. There was no direct deposit. There was nothing like that. He would cash the check. He would go out to the truck. He would sit in the truck. He would clear out everything between us and the seat. And he would sit there and he would count off and he would right in front of me say, this is how much dad got, dad got paid on the shop. 100, 200, 300, whatever. And he'd, spill, he'd, he'd, he'd just stack it out there. And then he says, Tony, let me explain to you something. Every dime of this belongs to God. I get to keep some of it to bring home to mom and let her pay the bills with it and things like that. But let me, under, let me get, Tony, you need to understand all of this belongs to God. So he would take the, the, the tie, the missions and things off to the side. And he says, before I even get out of the truck, I separate what belongs to God because I'm not going to take a chance of robbing God for what belongs to him. My dad would then pay me $10 a day. Not an hour, $10 a day. Now, I don't, I don't know if there was a labor law against that child labor and abusing me in that way, but I should have got a lawyer when I was a kid and brought my dad to court. Uh, but... I got paid $10 a day to, to clean up the job and things like that. My dad would go in and get the cash to pay me. He would get a $5 bill and five ones. He'd give it to me and he said, now, Tony, what belongs to God? And he taught me right there on that seat to spell it out and like let it out and says, understand, Tony, God's gave you this job. God provided for you, but you begin giving God what is, belongs to him. God comes first. Now, if you ask anybody in life, who comes first in your life? Amen, Jesus comes first. God comes first. We say that so flippantly, but it's not just about saying it. It's about living it. The whole point of Hebrews 11 was living our faith. By faith, Noah, moved with fear, built an ark to the saving of his family. It's not by faith I go to church, raise my hand, and, and, and shed a tear over a song about faith. That's not action. It's action. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, his only begotten, and gave his first, just like the video said. The principle of, of Abraham and Isaac was that very principle. He said in, in verse 12, Genesis 32, verse 12, And thou saidest, I will surely do good and make thy seed as the sands of the sea. He said, I'm going to bless you so much. Chapter 22, verse 2, Take now thy son, that only son, whom thou lovest, get into the land of Moriah and offer him there for a burnt offering upon the mountain, which I will show you there. You know what he's doing? I'm going to bless you immensely. I'm going to give and give and give and give. But he said, I must come first. Basic principle. By faith, before you have any more, I must be first. Show me, live it out. Putting God first in everything. See, to break this down, it's about us recognizing God's authority in our lives. Let me take you guys all the way back, and I need a little audience participation on this, okay? At the very beginning, before anything happened, the Bible says in Genesis 1-1, in the beginning, what? Let's do that again. In the beginning, God. In the beginning, before we talk about creation, sun, moon, stars, plants, animals, cows, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. There would not be anything made that was made without God doing. In the beginning, everything started with God. So here's the principle. There was God, and then everything was provided. There was God, and then everything came into creation. There was God, and then everything worked. In the beginning, God started it. What would we have without God? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. 
All things were made by him, and without him, not anything made that was made. He's the owner, he's the source, he's the beginning, he's the author, he's the one that holds it together. Without God being, without God being first, there would, have, there would be nothing to follow. You go to the end of the Bible, you know what the Bible says? So in the beginning, God, it starts with God, it must start with God. At the end of the Bible, we start with Revelation. Revelation chapter uh, 1 verse 8, he said, I am the Alpha and Omega. I'm the beginning of the end. I'm the first and the last. You know what God was establishing? He was saying, don't ever forget. It all starts with me and it all ends with me. I must be first. Now we have plaques in our house. I worship the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. God says, do you know what that means? Before you get all happy about that, you post your little memes on Facebook. Do you know what it means to say that I am the Alpha? You are acknowledging to God, He comes first. Get all the way to the end of Revelation. Last chapter, last of the verses, he says it again. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. I am the beginning, I'm the end. Everything begins with God, everything ends with God. Life works with God. But God must be first. Let me give you a verse that wraps all this together, okay? In Colossians 1.18, and he is the head of the body, the controller, makes the decisions, makes the calls. He's the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the very start of this, the firstborn of the dead, that in all things, not some things, listen, in all things, that he might have the preeminence. And you say, what does the word preeminence mean? I'm, I'm not going to come up with some fancy definition or try to get creative with this. I'm going to read the Greek definition straight from uh, a Greek lexicon. Preeminence means this, to be first. Let, let me read the, the verse again, that in all things that he might be first. Literally means in rank and in influence. God must have authority over your time, over your talents, over your treasures, over your future, over your kids, over your marriage. No matter what it is, God was establishing this. He said, do you understand that in all things I must come first. It's not a suggestion. It wasn't an idea. It wasn't, well, I'd like to be included in your life. No, it wasn't a matter of that. In all things, he must have the preeminence. I'm going to ask you guys right now, I'm asking all of us, do you recognize God's preeminence? No, let me put it like this. Do you practice God's preeminence? Do you practice God's preeminence? When it comes to your time, and life is so frustrating, life is so hard, we always wish we had more hours at the end of the day. I'm just going to ask you, does God come first in your time? You have 24 hours. Where does God fit in that 24 hours? Just being real. If God was to say, hey, I, do I have the preeminence? Oh God, you're first. You're the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. And God says, okay, I appreciate you saying that. You definitely rattled off that verse. But do I have the preeminence, preeminence in your life? Think about that. Am I first in your time? Get up in the morning. I got to get my bagel. I can't make it without my coffee. I've got to stop by Tim Hortons. I've got to do this. I've got to, and he's like, we rush through life. We get home. I have to start dinner. I, 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 I have to get my show in. It was a cliffhanger last time. Man, I have to take my shower. I have to brush my teeth. I have to do this. And God says, where did I fit in in your day? Where was I? 
when it comes even to talents. And we, we, we have talents and abilities that God gives us. And it's like you have the ability to play, but you don't play for church. You don't play for God. But I'll tell you what, I do this and this and this. And God says, do I have the preeminence in your talents? Do I have the preeminence in your hobbies? Do I have the preeminence? Do I come first in your time? Sunday's coming. It's like, man, T-ball's here. and we're, It just pulls us out of church. We have so many things going on. God, I need you in my life. And God says, then where am I in your life? Where am I in your life? Do you understand what God's saying? That in all things, I must come first. Literally, it's not a matter of I put God in when I can. God says, I, I trump everything else. I must come first. He must be the priority. And I think it's a struggle in our finances. And everybody gets so weirded out when pastors talk about money. I've had people tell me, coming from other churches, well, we left the previous church because the pastor would mention money, and that just is offensive. Let me just tell you, God's the one that mentions money. I'm just the messenger. Don't get quiet on me, guys. Help me out here. Everyone's like, I love it when he preaches about heaven and the victory over sin. Do you realize what I'm preaching right now is just as much Bible as those things? I'm I'm thinking with the problems that we have in life, and everybody's like, life just does not work. And God says, that's because you're not doing it right. You're not doing it right. You realize that tithing is a practice that God's given us to put God first. The same way at the very beginning with Cain and Abel. I bless you with that. Take some of it. Bring it to the altar. Set it there. Give it to God. God bless you with a job. You digitally have it. You put it in there. And it's, I know it's different today, but you know the whole process is you come first. Because I understand your authority in my life. Without you, I would have nothing. So God, I'm not just going to go to church and sing about my God being first. I'm going to practice and I'm going to live out. God, you are first. You are first in my life. Hebrews 11.6 Without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is. It almost is an open end. I know it's going to continue and say that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him, but he is also the Alpha and Omega. He is, here's another thing that he is. In John 15, 5, he says this. He said, I am the vine. Literally, the source of nutrition, the source of blessings or whatever. If you have a tree and everything comes up and you're talking about being the, the, the leaf or the branch, God said, I, I, I'm the trunk and the power. I'm the one that brings all the nutrients and all the power to everything that's in the branch. He said, I am, I am, you are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. Let me ask you guys, what, what comes out of somebody's life when they're attached and put God first? Much fruit. Blessings. No, I'm not talking about name it and claim it, prosperity gospel. I'm not talking about that. But I am going to establish this. God says this, for without me, I can do nothing. So let me ask you guys a question. Shoot it back at me. What can you do and accomplish without God? Let me ask it again. What can you do and accomplish without God? Nothing. You can do nothing. See, it's also about us recognizing God's power in our lives. Let me, let me illustrate this. <clears throat> We've got the Hall of Faith in Hebrews 11. Story after story, okay? Let's jump down and read some of these stories. Hebrews eleven twenty nine. <clears throat> by, by faith, 
they passed through the Red Sea by the dry land, which the Egyptians essayed to do were drowned. God split the Red Sea and conquered the enemy. I just have a question for you. Who did that? Let's hear it again. Who did that? Let's do another story. By the walls, in verse 30, by faith the walls of Jericho fell after they were compassed about seven days. Who dropped the walls of Jericho? God did. Without me, you could do nothing. Without God, they would have just walked around and got, you know, leg cramps. That's all it would have been. But God said, you do it my way. You put me first. You put me before everything else. He said, well, I, I will do what you cannot do. By faith, verse 31, the harlot Rahab perished not with them that believed. When she had received the spies, who's the one that saved Rahab's family? It was God. <clears throat> because without God, you can do nothing. Let me just symbolize this. This is a good representative of God in our lives. I know this is my Bible. This is a good representative of God in our lives. Okay, so without me, you can do nothing. But here's what happens in our lives. A lot of times, okay, without God, we can do nothing. We start getting busy in life, and then we set God down. Because you know what? Things got busy. You know, I just... Kids signed up for this, and we signed them up for that. And man, we're, I'm in that bowling league, or I love to golf on this, and Sunday rolls around, and man, we just, we're just so worn out. Pastor Tony, be honest, I know we should be in church, but man, we were just so tuckered out that we had to sleep. And we got into a bad habit, and then we, 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 without God, you can do nothing. Do we get that? So in our time, without God, in my time, I, it's impossible to please him. But here we start getting so mad. I don't know why life doesn't work out. Man, I tell you what, I'm so tired all the time and I don't have time for this and I'm frustrated and because I'm so stressed out, all me and, do, me and my husband do is argue all the time. I'm so frustrated, I don't understand it. God, where are you? Why aren't you helping? God says, um, remember when you scheduled me out of your life? Remember when you sing and you practice that I need Every step that I take, every moment of my life, I need you. It's like without you, I can do nothing. Lord, you are, you are the breath of my body. You, 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 you are the strength that I have. You are my high tower. You are the mighty God. You are all these things. Then why in the world do we plan God out of our lives and then get upset when it's not working? Can I tell you, it's the same thing with money. Where does everything come from? In the beginning, God created the heavens, the earth, the ATM machines, and the money, and the trees that print your money. In the beginning, it was God. It's all God's. It all, it's all God's. From the illustration of the lamb to the illustration of the first fruits, to the illustration of John 3, 16, to the illustration of Abraham and Isaac belongs to God. So in life, a lot of times we set God down, and we get so caught up in life. Now, I'm just speaking honest to you. Remember, we're talking about missions and the work of God. I'm not this wealth and prosperity gospel, but I'm telling you this. If we end up with every service available to known to man and we rule out God, you are trying to do it in and of yourself. I can't give the missions. Go look at your big statement. Did Hulu make it on there? Apple Music? Netflix account, high-speed internet, Starbucks, Tim Hortons, Applebee's. You know what I'm saying? God, I need you. I just, later, if I can fit you in. But right now, I can't, I can't even live without my high-speed internet. And we wonder why life doesn't work. 
and why we're so financially strapped all the time. It's just a basic principle. God was teaching us, why do you try to do it when I am the power behind everything that you do? As we walk through life, do we leave out God and then wonder why life doesn't work? God made a basic principle all the way from Hebrews 11 at the very beginning. And he says, before you tell them the story about Noah, before you talk about Moses, before you talk about split the sea, way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, that my God, that is who you are. You know what I'm saying? We like, we love those songs. Because they're based on all those things. That at the very beginning of God says, tell them about Abel. Tell them about Abel. About how the guy just literally took a lamb and was like, it's all I got. But God, I start with you. And God says, write that dude in the hall of faith. And tell them about the great faith that he had before you ever talk about Daniel in the lion's den. That is the beginning of faith. It's just the preeminence of God. So it's not just about God being first in your life. It's about God's mission being first in our lives. Do you notice that even when it gets into faith, faith, faith is this. Then it begins to talk about what all these people did for God. Do you notice that? Let me show you. Verse 7. Without, verse 6. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. Verse 7. By faith, Noah, let me illustrate. Sometimes we're like, I don't get it. What, what, what does that mean? God says, let me tell you. By faith, Noah, <clears throat> being warned of God, heard from the Bible what to do, of things not seen. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if I'm going to have more money. I don't even know if it's going to rain. <clears throat> Prepared an ark to the saving of his house. You know what he did? He took action. It's a matter of the action that we're about to do is this, okay? God's not asking you to build an ark, but God's asking you to fund the mission. Amen. That's what he's doing. That, that, that's what it is. Thank God we don't have to build an ark, okay? I think, thank God we don't have to walk through the Red Sea or be rescued out of Egypt, out of, the, out of the bondage of that. But God said, I have a mission for the church age, and that is Romans chapter 10. How shall they go unless they be sent? How will they hear without a preacher? Our mission is so clear, and God's given us. Hebrews 11 has a common theme. It was person after person after person after person doing the work of God, answering the mission. I say, but Pastor Tony, I have needs in my life. And God says, oh, I know about the needs in your life. But you know what Jesus said when he was talking about your needs and my needs? He said this, this is the preeminence of God. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of these things will be added unto you. We're over here. God, I need tires, and I need this to pay the rent. And Lord, I, I, we, 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 we're just struggling with the gas prices right now. God, I need this. And he said, all these things will be added unto you. Rewind. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be. We get things so out of order, and then we wonder why it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Life doesn't work. When we don't put God first, when we don't put the work of God first, when we don't put God first in our lives. But let me close with this. God must come first in everything. God must be, his mission must come first. But also God's provision and blessings follow. I said this already, but let me say this again because I so think that this is so important. 
that I'm not teaching a wealth and prosperity gospel. A lot of times on TV, it's like, praise God, you just give that seed offering and name it and claim it. Why don't you turn the TV off and get in the book? Turn the TV off and get in the book. Because a lot of times we get so hyped up on, I'm not being critical, but I'm telling you, anytime we get away from the book, just stick to the book. You say, are you getting TV preachers? Preachers, not at all. As long as they're sticking to the book. Stick to the book. Don't try to create it. Don't try to hype it up. Because I tell you, we have a ministry and a work to get done. And it just works when we do it God's way. But let me tell you, now faith is impossible to please him. For he that them if the God must believe that he is. He is the alpha. He is first. He must be the priority. He comes before all things. God, it is you, my first lamb, my first fruits, my first dollar. Lord, I lay it on the altar. It all belongs to you. And he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. We want the blessings first. And then we hoard it up. And then we're like, you can have this. And God's like, I'm, I'm, let me just clarify, clarify something. I'm not looking for a tip. And I definitely don't want your leftovers. I'll give if, if, if it works out and things are tight and just, I'm just, right now, just after we got that $500 car payment, things are just, and God says, where in the world was I in your thinking? Where was I when you did that? And I tell you, if you want to please God, it's a matter of making sure no matter what it takes, have a yard sale, cut some subscriptions. I'm not, let, let me clarify something. If you go home and you have Apple TV, praise God. Amen. <laughs> You're going to walk out of here. I, I love oh, people with misinterpret preachers. <laughs> He's like, he doesn't believe we should have anything. What's, I'm not saying that. Man, enjoy life. Enjoy the blessings of life. Can I just reiterate something? Just keep him first. That's all I'm saying. Let everything follow. Vacations and trips. And new cars and <clears throat> new house and the blessings of God. God's just saying here. If I'm the source of your blessings. If I'm the source of power. If I have the preeminence. If it all starts with me. And it all comes down with me. Without me you can do nothing. Don't put me at the end of the list. Keep me first. The verse that Pastor Chris read at the beginning of the service, he said this. He said, give, and it shall be given unto you. Did you notice that the first word is all about faith? It's, it's, it's all about faith. It's like, what, what do we have, honey? It's just not much. But what's the command? Give. So let's just give of what we have. Give it to God. And God made a promise, and it shall be given unto you. You receive back from God. So, honey, look at what God gave us. Remember, this belongs to God, just like my dad counting out the money. Tony, this belongs to God. Well, God comes first, and God's work comes first. So, God, before I get online to pay for my subscriptions, before I run down to Cheesecake Factory or anywhere else, God, I want you to have what you 
you belongs to you first. And I praise you, God, for what you've given back to me. Honey, we have this. Oh, what's this? Give and it shall, and the process just keeps going. And a lot of times it's like, in the name of Jesus, I declare I get that Lamborghini. And God said, whoa, whoa, what are you doing? If you want to claim something, just claim the promises of God and live it. Because it's easier to wave our hands and claim things like ever. I declare all these and I claim all these things. And God says, why don't you stop waving your hands and start living the book? Live the book. And you give, it shall be given unto you. I just believe that we are a generation that gives God the leftovers. There's a story that I've given throughout this. And I think this is so important. It's Abraham. Abraham is a big chunk of Hebrews 11. Let me take you back to this story because I I, I showed you some of the part in Hebrews 11. And in verse 12 of Genesis 22, and he said, Lay not thine hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God, seeing that thou hast not withheld thy son, that only son, from me. In verse 13, God provided a ram caught in the thickets. So I'm going to ask you the blessing. When did the provision, the divine touch of God provision happen? After God saw the obedience of him doing what God called him to do. But a lot of times we're holding on just saying, God, go ahead, send the ram. Where's the ram? God, send the We need it, honey. We need that ram. I'm telling you, if we ever need a ram, we need that ram. God's saying here, when I see your obedience, when I see your obedience, God follows up with the provision of that because that is faith. Faith is simply this. The foundation is faith is putting God first in everything. And watch what's, and see what God does.